Robin, last time we spoke, um, we spoke a bit about your dissertation. I'd love to talk a bit more about that. Can you t- explain again what the topic was and, and, what, and some of the things that you learned from that? It's really interesting. Um, so there's a there's a <clears throat> there's a framework out there called the Human Factors Analysis Classification System, mm-hmm. and it was created um, a couple of decades ago by Dr. Stewart and um, Dr. Chappelle and Wiegman, and it was a program created for the U.S. Navy to investigate accidents, and basically it's a blameless framework where you come in and you you find root cause and a lot of investigations will stop at root cause right well what we do in hvacs is we we begin at root cause and then sort of like a video you take that accident um, and go backwards in time and go through all the sections and levels of the organization so we start with the incident let's say phishing email because that's on everybody's tongue and then you go up into what preconditions could be happening and then another level is supervisory leadership issues and then there's an organizational you know where your policies your hr your onboarding that kind of thing so hvax has been used in commercially in airlines it's used in nuclear all these highly sensitive healthcare most recently adapted to healthcare um, through the mayo clinic and other places Mm. and it's a proven evidence-based, blame-free investigative tool, which can be used to figure out what other dormant issues may be happening in the organization that caused that one act. So that act, if, if you just fire the person that hit the phishing email or mm. you know, slap them on the hand or embarrass them or what have you, then you're really just addressing it's going to happen again. That's right. Yeah. You're not getting to the, the problem, indeed. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so what we, so what I did in the research was I was very, very lucky to um, to be in touch with the people that created HVACs, and I adapted it um, under some of their guidance to cyber, and we actually added another layer because we had to address some issues with IT and the supervisory level. And, re- and I ended up writing um, a series of what we call nanocodes. So there's s- small um, levels, if you will, of the subsets that where I can address a cause and try to find where it stemmed within the organization. And was able to do several case studies. I'd like to do more, but um, really excited about the 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 new framework and and its potential in the industry um i have a lot of conversations with people throughout around the globe really that that um specialize in human factors and and really just to prepare for for this talk today i i I called a couple of people that i really admire and just said you know what what's the problem? <laughs> Why don't we still keep having right. these same conversations? And what I want to do today with you is, and, and anytime I speak, I really want to just not say, yeah, we have a problem, but really give people a takeaway. What can you leave with yeah. today, right? And go home and do with, with your personal data or your, or, or at your work. 
um, I have a problem with zero trust. I think that zero trust is, um, it's impossible because you've got to have trust in people within your organization. No, no man is an island. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. build a business by yourself. Of course not. No. I know what it's like to lose trust. I, I mean, I can, I can empathize. I've been there, but verify trust, verify, <laughs> um, and, and, and build your, you've got to build your systems so that, and that, that's what happened to me. I, I had systems that had too much access. Uh, we've seen that. We've seen that recently with, um, with the Tesla incident. Tesla. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what happened, but, but, you know, from my 50,000 foot view, we've got an on clearly an onboarding issue. You've got a management issue. You've got um, an access issue. And that's the three immediate things that you see. Right. Um, And one thing that, that, that I think that we do is rely too much on our applications and not putting the efforts on the people. So you've designed the applications for the people, not, make the people not force the applications on the people, if that makes any sense, because even your best employees that have the, have great intentions, if they have got a time schedule that they need to meet and these systems are slowing them down, there's processes or what have you, the applications are slowing them down or confusing them. They're going to find a workaround. And it may be for all the best intentions, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or um, another thing that uh, 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 Dr. Calvin Nobles, he's uh, one of my favorites, a PhD at Studies Human Factors. He used to be in the Navy, um, but uh, he, he and I were chatting on this recently. And um, one of the things that, uh, that I, I think is pivotal and a lot of people will disagree with me, but um, we were talking about Matthew Syed's book, The Black Box Thinking, mm-hmm. where he says, if airplanes were having the same problems that cybersecurity, the airline industry rather, is having the same problems as cybersecurity, we'd have about 70 planes falling out of the sky every day. <laughs> now, if you think about that, right, we as a world, we, we wouldn't tolerate that. Why are we tolerating it in cyber? I mean, there's a, you and I both know, we get on all of these, my goodness, all the magazines that are out there, all the podcasts, all of the uh, newsletters and so many breaches on a daily basis. So one of the things that, again, it's not a popular idea, but with, if you think about an airplane crash, right? NTSB is right there. They investigate and then they, that investigation is made public so that all the other airline industry, all the other airlines can go make sure we are not having the same problem, whether it be um, we know that we can't keep a crew on board without adequate sleep. We know that. Are we doing that same thing with our, with our employees? No. Right. And 
another thing, I don't think people understand what, what is a human factor? Like, what does that even mean? So if I've got a, an engineer or um, a sales rep, I don't care, somebody that has some sensitive information, their loved one just got diagnosed with cancer, it's time to pull them off that sensitive information, put them in something, a training program to keep them engaged in what they do. But when people are going through serious personal issues, mm. it's going to have a fact, right? Right. So recently, obviously, with a lot of people being put on furlough, for example, I, you know, I, I, I may sound callous, but I feel a lot of organizations haven't considered the, the security implications of that. I mean, have they really thought about what that means for the safety and the security of their data? Because a lot of organizations we're speaking to, they haven't changed any of their access rights. They haven't changed any of their policies to make sure that you know, these are particularly vulnerable, at-risk individuals. I mean, forget about the, you know, th these are very difficult situations. And I'm concerned that that will bite a lot of companies. You know, that is a very, very good point, because if, if somebody may not be malicious, but if they're, when people get back to and in, in, to a corner and their livelihoods are challenged. This is it. Then, then yeah. I mean, I, I've I've had a couple of conversations mm -hmm. with, with friends of mine that own companies and saying, you know, you need to tighten things down, not because you don't trust these people, but if they don't think that they're going to be have a job to come back to, and somebody else out there. So I, I had a conversation with somebody, and especially culturally, so somebody offering me 20,000 pounds for information may not be worth losing my job over. Right. But in some cultures, and if you've got a global organization, some cultures, 20,000 pounds, that's, that's a year's salary. So you've got to consider where your people are culturally and, um, I mean, the, lo the loyalty to the organization is for a lot of a lot of employees that have been put on furlough is going to be um, in question in some cases. And I think that, you know, if their jobs are at risk and they're only getting a fraction of what they normally get paid and people aren't intrinsically bad, but sometimes good people do bad things. And I, I just think that we're taking that risk for granted a bit. And I think that we need to be a bit more, we, we need to probably wake up a bit to that. Um, and, and, and at very least, trust but verify. You know, it's not even about necessarily removing their access, but just be conscious of having some basic checks and measures in place to make sure that things that really matter to your organization aren't at risk. Um, and, 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 and I think, you know, this is as much about that is it's also just making sure that even from a psychological perspective, are they okay? Like, because if, as you rightly said, if they're not okay, like if they're there, you can tell they're in a bad place, then you, that is something that you need to take into consideration when you're thinking about what they have access to within your organization. It, it is just important that you understand from a human perspective, what does their state of mind mean for 
the security of our data, the security of our business, because that matters as much as anything. But we'd never connect the two. We think it's about having a box with flashing lights and we spent all this money on this fantastic product. But that's not enough. It's not enough. It's much deeper than that. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at a, <clears throat> at a cyber training manual the other day. And in it, they were discussing onboarding procedures. And then the onboarding, they the CISO was instructed in writing to onboard in cyber issues, those people they consider high risk, mm. sensitive data. Wasn't my place to change their language, but everybody should be onboarded in the same manner when it comes to cybersecurity. Absolutely. So one thing about the research that you and I were discussing that the, the framework HVAC Cyber is that it can be used in a couple of ways. You can go in and use it as an investigative tool once a breach has occurred and through that fix some issues that can help it become a proactive tool. However, you can also use it on a more problem management higher level, if you will, not quite as granular detailed in your initial risk assessment, putting in that human, um, putting in the, the, the right questions mm. like what you just said, making sure that supervisors on a regular basis are checking in with their people. Right. Are you okay? I can look back and see what happened in my situation and I can you know, hindsight, what they say about it, but uh, I can see where the behavior started changing. I wasn't paying attention. My mm. eye was on the prize out here, right? Building this business and the future. And and I I, I wasn't paying, I dropped the ball. I wasn't paying mm. attention mm. To, to behavior changes. The hum, that, human factor, yeah. Like mm. They were there, yeah. Mm. And, um, you know, in the... In the um, when they developed this in the airline industry and they started mm. looking at, at, at humans and there's a, a really very clear analogy in what was, uh, Chappelle and Wegman's first book where they say, you know, if you've got uh, a mechanical failure, you've got a bolt, right? You can, engineers will come out of the woodwork that can measure bolt fatigue. They can tell you exactly what happened, exactly how much life's left in that bolt, right? But when it comes to human factor engineers, okay, something happened with the crew, mm. nobody's trained. Nobody's <laughs> trained to figure that out. So no. that's what those of us that are in human factors are doing. We are becoming trained in finding those and in helping other companies look for those clues and look for the gaps, if you will, in their organization where, mm. where, where things could go amiss.